Chapter 69 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 69 Desperate Efforts of Deacon Stew and Nancy Clover. Noble Sister Clover, I have not come here tonight on an errand of love, impatiently said the deacon, but for the purpose of consulting you on a more important matter. Indeed, exclaimed Nancy Clover sarcastically, what then is this more important matter? I want someone to swear out a warrant against Dr. Juno, charging him with riot and murder, which will send him to prison at once. You know murder cases are not bailable, and we can then go ahead again. We can postpone his trial for several months, and in that time may be able to gain on him and his crazy followers," said Deacon Rob Stew. "'You are a shrewd fellow, Brother Stew,' replied Nancy, much changed in her feelings and you need not delay in that matter, but any advice that I can give I will freely proffer. "'Tell me, then,' said he, "'who do you think would swear out the warrant?' "'Do it yourself,' ejaculated she. "'No good, sister, it would not be wise or quite safe,' responded he, "'because, well, I have several reasons.' "'Because what?' asked she, "'and what are these several reasons?' Well, because I am already the second time under parole, beside under bail, as you know," said he. Then again I have been threatened by Mr. Grumbler. He said if I would annoy this Juno any more, he, Grumbler, would expose us, and have me, and you too, arrested for murdering Harry Gossamer, and for other deeds that were instituted and carried into execution by the sacredly secret conclave. Lord, did he not help to execute all these deeds? interrupted she indignantly. And would he be fool enough to get his own neck into the halter? No, never. You need never fear his threats. They are futile, and I mean to tell him so to-morrow. You have always been wise and discreet, said he. But I am afraid that you would do an imprudent thing to say anything to Mr. Grumbler, because he told me to-night that if he should learn of any more conspiring on our part, he would at once inform on us, and cause our arrest, and as we are now under bonds to appear at court for conspiracy, it would injure us to violate the law again. Therefore I advise you to give up the idea of saying anything to Mr. Grumbler. Under these perilous circumstances I shall consider discretion the better part of valour. But this riles me dreadfully, said she and I shall find some way of revenging myself upon all apostates and innovators. Mind, I am not to be subdued so easily." "'What is your opinion we had better do?' asked he. "'Do? Great Lord! Arouse the religious community by telling the leaders plainly that their freedoms and rights will have to take back seats if this vile heretic is not summarily punished for his audacity!' ejaculated she furiously. You are right," said he. This is our only hope. 
but we dare not let them know that we have been carrying on a sharp game in secret conclave, whereby we have duped them. The masses of the people are too great idiots to understand that the religion of the various sects is only a make-believe, a mockery, and if they have been so easily duped for so many years, it will be no trouble to gull them further. You are right, dear deacon, replied she, but if our own lives were not in danger, I would as lief join you in the holy bands of wedlock and leave this harassing life. What say you? I do not feel like marrying. I am an altered man in many of my views, and since this Juno has fallen across my path I have not the least desire to marry. I have no taste that way," said Deacon Stew. "'I see, dear brother, you do not love me,' said she, despondingly. "'But you are not to blame.' "'No, indeed I am not,' responded he. "'But Dr. Juno is, the low scoundrel.' There is Joe Peer, who has always loved me to distraction. In fact, he was crazy to marry me, but he has turned naturalist, therefore I despise him more than ever. Well, you better prove true to your parole and also join the heretics, when you can marry the dastardly and contemptible Joe Peer," said the deacon, with a sneer on his countenance. Never, she ejaculated but I have no one left me to love and respect except your noble self. I am grieved at that," said he. But had not things taken such a peculiar turn, I might have married you, for I used to think more of you and Miss Armington than of all the world combined." "'Say that again, beloved deacon,' she exclaimed affectionately and hopefully, which gives me real joy for I cannot see, then, what objection you have to marrying me, since all hope has gone with that hateful girl Armington." "'I am not a marrying man,' said he impatiently. "'I cannot marry. I am ruined as a man.' "'Ruined as a man,' interposed she. "'How can you be ruined? I have wealth and everything else to make us happy.' "'No, you have not.' I wish to God you had!" exclaimed he. But now let us talk of business. How shall we jug Juno? Who will swear out a warrant?" "'Try Dr. Toy Pansy,' exclaimed she, considerably depressed in spirit. And if he will not do it, I will, for I do not care whether I live or die, if I am to spend my life in single blessedness. I despise single life. God bless you, noble heroine," said he. "'Conquer or die is my motto,' exclaimed she. End of chapter 69